A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about hidden consciousness in comatose patients, the eerie secret glowing language of frogs, and the mysterious blinking of race car drivers. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Researchers at Columbia University think they have found the source of hidden consciousness in patients otherwise in a comatose state. I gotta say that sounds extremely sci-fi, like hidden consciousness. What is that? (laughs) All right. So we did a story a while back on locked-in syndrome. Do you remember that? Sure. If uh, memory serves where patients basically lose the ability to move anything except their eyes in most cases, they are conscious, but they can't really respond to anything. They're just locked in. Is that right? That's right. So in this case, the patients are essentially comatose. To find any signs of brain activity, you really have to look. But check this out. By some estimates, some 15 to 25% of patients in a comatose state as a result of traumatic brain injuries or brain hemorrhaging or even a cardiac arrest have something called cognitive motor dissociation or hidden consciousness. Okay, so I'm guessing that means they are still lucid in a sense. Like maybe they're able to hear people talking or sense the world around them, but they can't respond. It's something like that. Over the past decade or so, it's become clear that more and more of these cases exist. Patients appear completely unconscious, but when brain scans are conducted, what do you know? There's activity. Okay, so what kind of activity? I mean, are they fully aware of what's going on or is there just a murmur? It's... Hard to really say, but the research team at Columbia, led by Ph.D. Xu Shen and Dr. Jen Klassen, wanted to get a closer look. Their study ran an EEG on 107 patients with brain injuries who were comatose. While conducting the EEG, they gave them simple commands like they asked them to open and close their right hand, things like that. And of those 107 patients, it turned out 21 of them had hidden consciousness. Hmm, Okay, so maybe, you know, they were trying to open and close their hand, but they just couldn't. Exactly. So this actually is not a new thing. It's how they've been detecting hidden consciousness for a while now, but this research team went a step farther. They wanted to pinpoint exactly what happens in the brain when these commands were given. So they developed a brand new technique called bi-clustering analysis. Basically, it's a deep comparison of MRI scans for all of the patients. And they found that those with hidden consciousness actually had a few things in common. Mm, Okay. Patterns are usually a clue, right? Yep. The 21 patients with hidden consciousness all had working brain structures that were related to arousal and command comprehension. So they could understand the commands and they were somehow motivated to follow through on them? Exactly. But they also shared damage to regions of the brain that are responsible for what they call motor output. Okay. So in other words, they were all input, no output. They could understand the command, but the part of their brain that sent those commands out to their muscles just wasn't working. That sounds horrifying. It really, really does. But there's actually good news, and it's one of the reasons for this study. 
people with cognitive motor dissociation or hidden consciousness are actually more likely to eventually recover. Ah, so a study like this can help screen patients so that doctors can home in on a treatment plan. Not only that, but the more we learn about hidden consciousness and the mechanisms behind traumatic brain injuries, the better researchers will be at building targeted treatments. In other words, studies like this help treatments come out of hiding. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. Scientists have discovered a crazy rave that's been going on all across South America for millions of years. But instead of people dancing wildly to an all-night DJ, it's frogs. And instead of glow sticks, it's also frogs. Okay, wait a second. Is this a ray full of glowing frogs? All chock full of unexpected biofluorescence, which totally shocked researchers. Okay, didn't we know that some frogs can kind of glow? Like, is that new? Well, that's a great question, and it might seem like we've known all along, but it turns out that fluorescence was first discovered in frogs in 2017. And since then, scientists just assumed it was pretty rare. Can I ask a dumb question? There's no such thing as a dumb question. Okay, what is biofluorescence? Ha! See, told you. Another great question. Ah, thank you, but I would like the answer. All right, so biofluorescence (laughs) happens when a creature absorbs light at one wavelength and shoots it back out at a different lower energy wavelength. In this case, it's probably helpful to think of wavelength as just another word for color. So it's kind of like when you shine a black light, some colors light up super bright. Like a highlighter will look orange, but under a black light, it almost looks like it's a glowing orange. Yes, that's actually a pretty good example. The highlighters and the frogs get hit with a high energy source of light, usually blue or ultraviolet. And in the frog's case, it comes from the sun. Then, depending on their level of fluorescence, they re-emit that energy in the form of a lower energy wavelength of light. In the past few years, they've discovered fluorescence in the fur of flying squirrels, in platypuses, and even some wasp nests. And frogs. Yes, but the thing about the frogs is that scientists thought fluorescence was limited to a handful of species because all testing has been done using just one or two light sources. So Courtney Witcher, who is an evolutionary biologist at Florida State University in Tallahassee, decided to shine a light on some South American frogs. And actually, she used five different light sources and a whole range of wavelengths. So she found more glowing than she expected. Well, not just more. They tested 528 individual frogs from 151 species, and every single species showed some form of fluorescence. But... How does that happen? I mean, we've known about frogs for thousands of years, right? How did we just miss that they're all glowing? I had the same question, but first of all, for the most part, the glowing is pretty faint. Some of the frogs sort of softly shimmered, while others were full-on glow stick. It's also most common at twilight when there's more blue light around, but for the most part, the fluorescence just isn't visible to the human eye without shining a specific light on it. Okay, that that does make more sense. It's not like our ancestors were running around the rainforest shining blue lights on frogs. Now, that would have been a good rave. That would have been a good rave. So I guess the next obvious question here is why? Uh, Like, why do frogs glow? So far, that part remains a bit of a mystery. Although the researchers think the glow helps frogs talk to each other for mating purposes or to ward off danger. Fluorescence is most prominent on body parts that are also associated with signaling to other frogs. Their green glow is perhaps visible to frog eyes at twilight when they're looking for a mate. Well, that's romantic. And orange may help camouflage them or warn predators away. 
It's worth noting, of course, that not all scientists agree that the fluorescence is strong enough to even be seen by other frogs, especially in the twilight. But the fact that it actually exists in so many more species than we ever dreamed possible is an enticing discovery that will no doubt lead to more research. I wonder if cats glow. Uh, well, studies with cats and laser Where are my cats? pointers have proven Sally, inconclusive, but adorable. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When do you blink? Uh, now that you've asked the question, all, now and all the time, and I sort of can't stop blinking, so thank you for that. You're so welcome. Any other time, though... <laughs> I guess I just blink whenever the mood strikes. It seems like a pretty insignificant reflex, right? Totally. Most people think that blinking is just some random split-second event or that you blink when your eye needs a little bit of cleaning. Or, or like if a bug gets in there or dirt. And you're not alone in thinking that. Seems like a little thing. And that's why there's actually not all that much research on the connection between our brains and our blinks. But scientists have stumbled onto some evidence that suggests our brains are being incredibly strategic when they tell our eyes to blink. And that evidence comes fresh from the racetrack. Wait, what? Yeah. Researcher Ryota Nishizono isn't just a brain scientist. He is a former professional racing cyclist. Hmm, most interesting man in the world, perhaps. He could be, but he was surprised to learn how little research had been done on blinking in sports. Okay, I'll admit, I'm not surprised. Like I said, blinking doesn't seem like a big deal, right? Like, why would anyone need to research its role in sports? I'm glad you asked. So before I tell you about his research, let's talk a little bit about blinking, an activity that takes up a whopping one-fifth of a second. Humans typically need to blink anywhere between 7 and 30 times per minute, sometimes more. And it's not just about cleaning our eyes. Every single time we blink, our eyes are recoded with tear film. Oh, tear films. It's a very sad movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess I hope you like sad movies then because this tear film is actually super important. It moisturizes our eyeballs with an oily, watery fluid that acts as a natural antibiotic and delivers nutrients and amino acids to feed the cornea. Okay, so that's already more complex than I imagined. Right? But it's even bigger than that because that tear film also helps light focus properly on our cornea. It delivers oxygen to our eyeballs. It prevents infection. Like I said, it cleans debris. It's just really important. Okay, and all of that happens in the blink of an eye. So I can see why it's important. But athletes just do it naturally, I would think. Like, I'm not sure why there needs to be research on the connection between blinking and sports. You know, I thought the same thing until I realized that race car drivers can drive up to 220 miles per hour, which means that during the span of a single blink, the driver will have traveled about 65 feet. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. So if a race car driver blinks 30 times a minute, they've basically had their eyes closed for over a third of a mile. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> right? That's why Nishizono wanted to dig a little deeper into this blinking while driving thing. He basically put eye trackers on the helmets of three different drivers as they wound through different racetracks. And what they found was pretty surprising. Let me guess, they didn't blink? 
Well, if they didn't blink, their vision would be reduced, which wouldn't be great. No, it's actually way more interesting than that. They each blinked at the same spots on the racetrack, which happened to be straighter, safer sections of the route. Okay, so let me get this straight. Their brain automatically finds the safest place for them to blink? Exactly. And check this out. Other research has shown that when we're reading, we tend to blink at the end of a sentence. Or when we're listening to speech, we blink when the speaker pauses. So it's not just a random thing. Nope. Our brains are coordinating our blinks in ways that we are completely unaware of. Some researchers believe it's not just a way of nourishing our eyes. It could also offer our brains and eyes a sort of split-second rest. I'm guessing that there's more research in the works on this one. Like at this point, I, I hope so. This is actually fascinating. Absolutely. Nishizono would like to explore that brain-blink connection in much more detail with further studies. Because no matter how you look at it, there's more to blinking than meets the eye. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Researchers at Columbia University have discovered common traits among patients with hidden consciousness or cognitive motor dissociation, a condition in which the patient is comatose but still able to comprehend commands. It turns out people in this state exhibit damage to a region of the brain responsible for turning commands into action. This study could lead to better diagnoses and treatment methods. Researchers have discovered that significantly more species of frogs exhibit biofluorescence than ever before imagined. The glowing might be a means of communicating to potential mates or even a way to ward off predators. Researchers have found that race car drivers tend to blink at the same safe straightaways on the racetrack, a sign that our brains are coordinating our blinks much more effectively than scientists thought. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our Discovery executive producer is Christina Bavetta. Our Wheelhouse DNA executive producer is Cassie Berman. This show is hosted by Callie Gade and Nate Bonham. Our producer is Kiara Noni, and our associate producer is Kimaya Floyd. Writing is done by Jed Bookout and Sam Osterhout. Our researcher is Marla Friedson. Sound design, audio engineering, and editing by Nick Carissimi. I'm Nate Bonham. And I'm Callie Gade. We'll see you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.